I'm so glad you are with us this morning. Man, welcome. Uh, I want to give a big shout out today to our uh, talent show people from last night. I, I tell you guys, that was unbelievable. And uh, I'm sorry you missed it. I'm sorry we didn't film it. It was uh, one of those like exceptional hillside moments. And uh, cheers to all the creativity. Somebody that was newer to our community just turned to me and said, you have a lot of gifted and talented musicians in this church. And we do. Can we give it up to them? Really good. I, uh, I was in tears more than once over the evening. Um, it's, uh, it's September, and it means that we're praying for our city as we typically do in this month. And if you haven't grabbed a prayer guide yet, you can do that. There's a few left, I think, in the uh, Welcome Center. Or you can download one at hillside, myhillside.ca forward slash prayer. Uh, here's today's prayer. We're praying for health care workers in our community and hospitals. If you would stand with me, I'm going to invite you to pray with me in just a moment. I'm going to read the scripture that goes along with today's prayer. It reads from Matthew 11:28. Come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. And then can we recite the prayer as it is on the screen together? May the souls of our healthcare workers find rest in you, Lord. Bless the hands and hearts that touch the bodies of our ill and injured. Replenish their hearts. Grant them strength and stamina, restful sleep, and protection from sickness. Amen. Remain standing while we continue to pray. Lord, this morning we sang that song, I Depend on You. And uh, for some of us, those might be just words, and I know that for some this morning, uh, those are heartfelt prayers because uh, they're in the middle of it. And we want to pray and lift up our brothers and sisters this morning and, and uh, consider those who are hurting or suffering. I want to think of Wayne Jordan in the hospital today. Would you meet Wayne, uh, Lord, where he's at? Would you bring healing to his body and comfort to his heart? Lord, we think of others who are watching online at home today because they're sick or they're fighting something or they're going through it, Lord. We think of those who are waiting. I think of the Peacock family and their great expectation of a newborn any moment. Would you uh, continue to protect and provide? And Lord, you know where our needs are this morning. We say this morning, we depend on you. Lord, we need you. I wonder this morning, Lord, if that's not, not meant to be our prayer as a church. Lord, we depend on you for all that Hillside is and all that Hillside wants to be. Lord, we want to say this morning, we depend on you. You're our Lord. Jesus, I pray you'd be the center of everything we do, both today and forevermore. We pray these things in Jesus' name. And all God's people said, amen. You may have a seat. Thank you. Well, we're in this uh, little series called A Disciple's Path, and I've been excited about this morning for a lot of days because our eldership team have been working for a long time on actually developing and forming a discipleship pathway as a church, and we are formally launching that this morning. First, I want to share with you a little bit of the backstory. Um, a number of years ago, our leadership went through a significant process of clarifying and refining our vision and mission as a church. This is the, the mission statement that came out of that long process. It reads, we are on mission to become a community of fully equipped and empowered followers of Jesus 
bringing his healing, hope, and compassion to the Tri-Cities and beyond. I still love what this one sentence captures, and this truly does inform who we are and actually what we do as a church, what we choose to do. Now, we've often kind of shortened this into this, the back part of the statement. We've often said we're on a mission to bring the healing, hope, and compassion of Jesus to the Tri-Cities and beyond. And, and I love how in these last number of years, this has become more and more an of an expression of who we are as a church. I think of this word, it's a great word, beyond. By the way, if you're not in the Tri-Cities, that means you're beyond. <laughs> you're some of you are from Burnaby, and some of you are from New Westminster, and some are from Maple Ridge. We got people from Vancouver. Can you imagine? We have a, a large tribe that is from all over the Lower Mainland, and so Tri-Cities might have to be lost in our language at some point, but we haven't found a good replacement yet. But uh, I think of our long history, this, this whole idea of beyond us, our long history of global outreach. I, I think of the good news of Jesus being shared in countries where it is illegal to share about Jesus. We've had numbers of global workers have gone to very difficult places. I think of our partnerships in Kenya, which over the course of 10 years, we were able to say literally two village regions transformed through a couple of significant development projects. I think of our more recent partnership with a little church in Duhuk, Iraq, and their ministry to the displaced Yazidi peoples, and how they cared for them in a time of great, great need as they fled war. I think of what we learned uh, through a sponsorship of a Syrian family, and as we actually said, our global outreach means actually bring the globe here. And we have a global outreach team that continues to, to give thoughtful and an amazing leadership to this area of our ministry. Then actually eight years ago, to celebrate our 20th anniversary, that means, yes, we are 28 years old, Hillside, we took an offering. We were aiming on this one anniversary Sunday to raise $20,000, and our heart was that we could actually invest that in ministries in our community and organizations that were serving vulnerable and needy people. We wanted to meet practical needs of our neighbors. And we actually raised more than $20,000. We raised $24,000 that Sunday and we uh, began giving it to organizations like SHARE and Family and Community Services, to Pregnancy Concerns. And then we began sponsoring schools in our neighborhood like Centennial that have high populations of vulnerable students. By the way, can I tell you a quick aside of my interactions with Principal Shafito? Last year, we gave a gift of something like $2,000 like this year. And uh, it seems like a little bit of money when you're talking about a big student population. How could that actually serve that school? But every time we've ever given that gift, we've prayed that God would multiply it. And so Principal Chafito told me that, that last year, they were given a grant uh, from the government, a, a new grant that had never been given before of $75,000 to go along with that. And I said to him in that moment, I said, we were praying for just that. <laughs> like, and and I, I actually took credit for this 75 grand. And uh, I told him the same thing this year. I said again, when I gave him our check this year, I said, hey, we're praying that God would multiply this and do amazing things through your school. But as we began giving and, and sowing kind of into our neighborhood, some wonderful things began happening. 
God began opening up partnerships with these organizations. This just became, over years, part of who we were. And we began giving each year as part of our budget just thousands of dollars to these local organizations. And it began to feel like this church became more crucial to the fabric of this larger community. God blessed us, we know this, to be a blessing. And we began to see God blessing the neighborhood through us. I think of our partnership with Share and the Food Bank and as just as, as we have hundreds of families coming onto our property each month, how, how we're impacting vulnerable and under-resourced people in our neighborhood, neighbors of ours. But maybe even more than all of that, I've been most excited about what I've been seeing in our hearts, how God's been growing compassion in us, stirring us to care for those who are the least of these, the lost, the last, as my friend says, the nearly dead. And God's been expanding our hearts and growing our hearts, and that's been worth it for that alone. So we've already been far more strategic and thoughtful about this last part of our mission statement. And I'd say we've come a long way. But our elders team and pastors have been dreaming and scheming about how we can become more strategic and thoughtful about the first half of our mission statement. We are on mission to become a community of fully equipped and empowered followers of Jesus. Would you recite that with me? Would you do that? We are on mission to become a community of fully equipped and empowered followers of Jesus. There's a lot packed into that little line. Three things. First is community. This is a, this is us kind of statement. We were meant to be a family. God formed us to be a family. And, and friends, we're a family that God is continuing to shape and grow together as, as new people get added. Our, our, our image keeps changing. We keep morphing as, as we are a people together. Paul describes us as being a body, you know, where every part matters. He says in Peter, uh, Peter says in 1 Peter 2, I love how he declares how powerful this is. He says, but you are a chosen people, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, God's special possession, that you may declare the praises of him who called you out of darkness into his wonderful light. And get this, once you were not a people, but now you are the people of God. I like that. Once you were kind of isolated and alone, apart, and now you're a community, you're a family, you're, you're a people of God. And I'm going to unpack some of this next week, but I think this is a season and a time, this post-pandemic era that we're in, where, where loneliness is just epidemic. Uh, my, my son, who, who worked at, at Barnabas this summer, who was up here earlier, uh, Caleb was telling me that that was the repeated theme as he met families from the summer. It's just loneliness is this common thread that people are experiencing. And so we're going to have to press into this value of being a people together as a family. Uh, we're going to continue to, to, to pursue this and urge you to form spiritual friendships. And we'll keep on growing ministry teams that work together and forging and, and growing life groups so that we can do life together. It's going to be critical. Next is that phrase, fully equipped and empowered followers of Jesus. Let me start with empowered. This, uh, this word reminds me that the good we want to be 
and the good that we want to do, we can't do without God. Funny thing is, we trick ourselves into thinking we can do without God all the time. We get busy doing all kinds of things for God, for good, and yet we find we run out of steam oh so quick. We can't do God's work without God's power. Um, we can't be God's people without his spirit propelling us to do the kind of good that he dreams for us to do and to be. So it means as we, we as a community, we want to be very intentional about prayer, about asking God regularly to fill us, to renew us, to revive us, to strengthen us. And, and it's also about creating room for God's spirit to move when we gather in our meetings, that, that we're not so jam-packed with us talking that we can't actually listen and respond to the Spirit of God, what he might want to say and lead in our gatherings. We're, we're beginning to pray this simple but I think powerful prayer in most of our Sundays. Simple prayer. Come Holy Spirit. Come Holy Spirit. Come Holy Spirit. We're hooped without the Spirit, so we pray, come Holy Spirit. We need your presence. We need your power. We want to be empowered in our life with God. We want to press into that. And then fully equipped followers of Jesus. This has the idea that we're growing and being formed into maturity as disciples of Jesus. Now, this is where our discipleship pathway comes in. If you're new to church, the word disciple is kind of a, an important word. Jesus was all about disciples, discipleship. You see, Jesus was a rabbi, a teacher who came to teach. Of course, he wasn't just a rabbi. He was a Messiah who came to usher in the kingdom of God. But very early on, Jesus did a thing, and he called to himself, he threw out this invitation to, to apprentices or disciples to follow him. And then you have people like Peter and Andrew and James and John and Bartholomew who start following Jesus. And in that uh, first century culture, to be a disciple would mean that you would live 24-7 with your rabbi, with Jesus, and they'd seek to imitate him, learn from him, and then imitate him. In other words, they would adopt the practices of Jesus. They would do the things he did, like getting up early in the morning to pray. They'd, they'd read and memorize Torah, the, the Bible. They'd, they'd practice rest one day a week. Uh, they'd, they'd do all these things. They, they'd uh, practice generosity and simplicity. And eventually they matured enough that Jesus would actually do something pretty radical. He'd sent them out on their own to do what he did, to heal and teach and deliver. You could de define um, discipleship as living as a student or apprentice to Jesus. Making it your life's ambition to be with him, to learn his teachings, to become like him, and in time to carry on his work in the world. That's the goal of discipleship. When we talk about following Jesus, this is really the goal. Uh, as I've shared before, I love Pastor John Mark Comer's definition of discipleship. It's this. It's to be with Jesus. It's to become like Jesus. And it's to do what Jesus would do. And you can add this on the end. To do what Jesus would do if he were you. What would he do What would, if he were you? And discipleship is this holistic, all-of-life deal. It has to do with the whole person. 
with all of us, what we call spirituality, along with our work, marriage, sex, money, environmental impact, community, health, and on down the list. Every single category in life needs to come under our apprenticeship to Jesus the rabbi. So the central question of every student, every disciple of Jesus is this. If Jesus were me, and if he lived in my city with my job, can you imagine Jesus having your job? If Jesus came today, he might have been an electrician or a software engineer or a school teacher, whatever he might have been. But if Jesus were me, if he lived in my city, if he had my job, my income, my relationships, my personality, how would he live? That is the question. So, so what is the goal of discipleship? Where does apprenticeship to Jesus lead us? Well, the goal of apprenticeship is to become like the person we are following. All that to say, this is where we want to become far more intentional about how we do discipleship at Hillside to help each other become more fully equipped followers of Jesus. Apprentices who over a lifetime perhaps gradually become and live more and more like Jesus while carrying on his work in the world. So as I said, our, our disciples have crafted this discipleship pathway. We released it on our web page this week. You can find it at myhillside.ca, discipleship pathway. The pathway serves, you can even look it up right now on your phone if you want to, permission granted. But the pathway serves as a guide to help individuals find themselves within this family that we call Hillside, and then it offers this invitation to move deeper into community. The idea is for a person to move at their own pace in the way that matches their journey and the kind of timing that fits their limits. Our pathway includes kind of four progressive parts. It's welcome, settle in, family, and then life together. First of all, welcome. This includes four things. Sunday gatherings is the first. Sunday gatherings are the primary way that we gather as a church to worship together, to learn the scriptures, to pray for one another, and create space to hear from the Holy Spirit. It's in these moments together that we collectively embody the kingdom of Jesus. Uh, secondly, newcomers meet and greet. It doesn't sound as spiritual as Sunday gatherings, but it's a significant step for people to get connected in our family. We have one actually next Sunday. If you're new, this is a great time to be at Hillside. Barbecue today, refreshments next Sunday. But these are just brief moments after our services where we want to help orientate you and answer questions and provide next steps. And so if you're newer and haven't been to one, you would be most welcome to join us. And then Alpha, the Alpha course. We've been doing the Alpha course for more than 23, four years now. The Alpha Course is an open and informal conversation about life, spirituality, and the person of Jesus without judgment or without pressure. And we host the Alpha Course as a means to regularly have people give, give them an opportunity to explore these themes in a safe place. It's a place to grow and, and to deepen faith. We have one starting in 10 days on September 20th. And if you haven't been to Alpha, I'd say that's a great next step for you. It is so well done, so good. And it's not the one we saw 24 years ago with Nikki Gumbel just talking. It's now like filled with testimonies and all these kind of great 
um, interviews and so forth. It's, it's amazing, really, really well done. Uh, you register online, and we want to encourage you, if you haven't been, to, you can go and sign up for the first night. And if you don't like it, you don't have to come back. But um, it's a great place, too. If, you, if it's not for you, maybe it's for a seeking friend. You might want to invite a friend to come to this. It's so good. And then finally in this first welcome section is next generation ministry. We kind of have our own discipleship pathway for our children and our youth, but we do offer Sunday programs for our children, occasionally special events for our kids, and through the school year we offer weekly youth events, uh, youth gatherings as a place for middle schoolers and high schoolers, and in our second service starting next week we have a program for middle schoolers. The aim of all of this is to help children and youth and our next generation connect and grow and, and grow in faith. So the first is welcome. Kind of the next step in our discipleship path is settle in. You're kind of making this home now. This includes baptism. Our baptism class is an opportunity to explore baptism, of course. And this is for people who've decided to follow Jesus and adopt this new identity of being a disciple of Jesus. We kind of do these classes on demand throughout the year, and so talk to one of your pastors if you want to uh, take that step. So good. This next one is maybe kind of the centerpiece, and it's, it's important because it's kind of new to us. It's spiritual formation courses. We're launching this this fall. Spiritual formation, by the way, is kind of a technical term that means discipleship. It's how you're being formed to be like Christ spiritually formed. And we're partnering with a ministry called Practicing the Way, founded by John Mark Comer. John Mark Comer is the former pastor of Bridgetown Church in Portland, and he led his church in a five-year kind of project, or even experiment, you might say, of seeking to equip their people in an intensive discipleship process. Their goal was to form mature disciples of Jesus, formed by the practices of Jesus. They kind of identified nine practices, nine sort of core spiritual disciplines. These included Sabbath, practice uh, prayer, fasting, solitude, scripture, community, simplicity, generosity, and hospitality. I can't understate the kind of impact it had on that church. And as a result, John Mark Comer actually stepped out of pastoring and formed a ministry called Practicing the Way with the intention of producing free curriculum for each of these areas. Since this is kind of new to us, we're branching out. Let me show you a clip of John Mark Comer actually explaining or introducing this Practicing the Way model. So let's watch the screen. A lot of people feel stuck in their spiritual journey, like there's a gap between the life they are reading about and the teachings of Jesus and the life they are actually living. Is the way I'm living really what Jesus called life to the full? I felt that way for years. In my discipleship to Jesus, it's like I grew up to a certain point of maturity, and then I hit this plateau. I was not becoming more like Jesus. Instead, I was becoming more hurried and exhausted and on edge. Something about the way I was following Jesus was not producing the level of transformation that I knew was possible. During this time, I was pastoring a local church in one of the most secular cities in the world. And like most pastors, I knew that discipleship or spiritual formation was a major problem in the Western church. 
After 20 years of trial and error, I realized what I needed and our church needed was what Dallas Willard called a curriculum for Christ-likeness, a way to learn not just the Bible and theology, but in Jesus' words, how to obey what he commanded. That's what practicing the way is, a curriculum for Christ-likeness. It is a simple, beautiful way to integrate spiritual formation into your church or small group. We are developing nine practices. Each one is designed to walk you and your church into time-tested disciplines for the spiritual life. Practices like Sabbath, solitude, prayer, fasting, and more. Each practice is a four-session experience where you come together with your small group or community for a time of teaching and conversation. Then you go out that coming week and practice. Together, these nine practices form a rule of life for the modern era a lifestyle based on the way of Jesus himself that is conducive to deep inner healing and transformation. We're also working on podcasts, books, and all sorts of resources for ongoing spiritual formation. We are a crowdfunded nonprofit, and all our resources are completely free thanks to the generosity of an online community of givers we call The Circle which is made up of people across the world who care deeply about discipleship and spiritual formation working its way into the fabric of the Western church. Our goal is to serve you and your church in your spiritual journey. Join us in practicing the way of Jesus. I am so excited about the material and content of practicing the way, practicing the way of Jesus. Um, as John Mark explained, there is four weeks uh, per practice, and it includes teaching and guided conversation and spiritual exercises, all meant to help us not just learn more, have more content in our life, but actually practice our faith in real concrete ways. Uh, this fall, we're going to, in most of our life groups, I believe, we're going to be using this Practicing the Way curriculum. We're going to start and tackle the practice of Sabbath. Practicing Sabbath, which simply means one day of rest in seven. And quite honestly, the teaching that John Mark does is exceptional in this whole area. Uh, I'm so excited about this. My sense is that God is calling us out of a culture of exhaustion and into a culture of rest. And I I'm looking forward to I'm going to be teaching about Sabbath in a couple Sundays, but we're going to be doing that in our life groups. And if you'd like to be involved in, in Join in this practice. Please reach out to Pastor Bill. You can find him at the back of the parking lot right after the service. He's going to be at a booth there. Uh, he'd love to talk to you about either Alpha or practicing the way or being part of this life group, uh, a new life group. So good. Sound okay? You with me so far? We're almost done. Lunch is moments away. Still in the settling in category, we have our membership class each year, which we call Discover Hillside, and that is an opportunity for you to kind of formally say, I'm part of the family. I'm here. I'm with you. I, I agree with the vision and the mission of Hillside. Uh, third step in our discipleship pathway we've titled family, and this simply put is life groups. Life groups are the way we gather during the week to be the people of Jesus in our city. We sometimes eat together. We, we share life together. We pray for one another, and we consider the way of Jesus together. And our hope and our joy and our prayer would be to have more and more Hillsiders connecting through a small community where they're gathered around Jesus and around his ways and learning together. 
The last part of our discipleship pathway we've titled Life at Hillside. We feel that, that life at Hillside is fully realized when we participate in five key rhythms. And through these commitments, we're ordering our lives around the way of Jesus and allowing ourselves to be transformed both as individuals and as a church family. These are kind of the, the five pillars of this. Again, life groups would be the first one. Again, this is about connecting and growing together. Secondly, practicing the way ways of Jesus. Is each of us learning to adopt the lifestyle of Jesus and putting his teachings into practice in our lives? Number three is gathering on Sundays to worship and pray and learn and hear from God. And then D, to serve. As the, the people of Jesus, we believe we're called to serve one another and serve our larger community. So this includes discovering our unique shape, like we talked about last week, how we're shaped by God, formed by him to serve, and then using those gifts to serve others and to be a blessing, both to the hillside family and to the world. And then give. We, we believe or dream of becoming a church that is ma marked by radical generosity, where we multiply ministry, where we serve our neighborhood, where we love the least of these and vulnerable people, where we help disciple children and youth and young adults and adults and older adults into the good news of Jesus Christ. Well, that's it. You, that's our discipleship pathway. Welcome, settle in, family, and then life together. Let me say this. I, I think it's probably imperfect. And I suspect that we will probably make changes to this as we grow and mature as to how we do church. We know we haven't arrived. But our hope is as a leadership is that for those who are new to our community, this will be a helpful guide. They can go on here and kind of look at where, where might they enter in, where might, might they connect to our community. That will serve as a guide for you. And then for all of us, it can be kind of a, a tool to help us discern where we're at and where we can continue to grow so that each of us might be more shaped into the image of Jesus in order to participate in his kingdom and his life and his mission. Because Jesus is looking for disciples and apprentices who will follow him in everything, one step at a time. Why don't we pray? So Lord Jesus, this morning, uh, as we've been considering this uh, call you have to us to, to follow you, we realize, Lord, you're the one who, who makes that request to us first. You invite us to respond. And I, I don't know where everyone is at today, but Lord, I pray for each one of us. We might have a step we can take. Uh, Lord, whether that's drawing in closer into community, signing up for a life group, or going to Alpha, or, or volunteering to serve, or beginning to give. Lord, whatever it might be, I pray, Lord, you would um, nudge us and help us, Lord. We we want to grow, and we want to become more fully empowered and equipped disciples of Jesus. Lord, in our apprenticeship to you, I pray it might begin to meet our everyday life. Lord, would you train us? Would you grow us? Would you help us to, to have our eyes fixed on you and the way you lived, adopting your practices for how we do our lives, our work, our everything? We pray these together in Jesus' name. Amen.